0: I'm John Schmidt, the senior pastor here at Centerpoint Fellowship, and i want to welcome you to the first installment of our series entitled "Thrive." We're going to be spending the next few weeks talking about how to have a how to have a rich and abundant life. Uh, to kind of give you an illustration of where I'm going with this, uh, today with me here I have two planters. Uh, this one is from uh, the patio in our backyard. Of uh, the, the plants that are lined up on our patio, my kids call it "death row." By the way. Uh, My wife doesn't have a lot of luck with some of those things. And this is one of the plants, it is not thriving, it's hanging on by a thread, okay? This is another plant that will be planted out there, and um, and so maybe it will soon look like the other one, but I hope not. But anyway, we're going to do our best to keep this one healthy. But this plant is thriving. It's got flowers on it. I mean, that's another, that's a synonym for thrive, is to flourish, to break into flower, to blossom. And... Today, I want to talk with you to introduce this series. I mean, we're talking about having an abundant Christian life. Many times people think, well, Christianity is about going to heaven when I die, as if God is just a God of someday. Well, and then they think, well, you know, I just kind of got to exist now in this world until heaven. But God's not just a God of someday. He's a God of this day. And he doesn't want us just to subsist and kind of hang on by a thread. He wants us to thrive. That's good news to you this morning. Would you say amen? Amen. You're going to see where I'm going with this in a minute, uh, but it'll surprise you some of the things that Jesus said about having a rich and abundant life, because they're not what everybody expected him to say. Let me have a word of prayer for us, and we'll jump right in. Lord, I pray that today you will speak and move me out of the way, and you'll remind us that you came to give us rich and abundant life. I pray, Lord, that we'd leave here with some good understanding, a very good understanding of what it means to thrive. I pray these things in the wonderful name of Jesus, Amen. Inside your bulletin today, you'll find a number of great notes on thriving. If you need a pen to take some notes, please raise your hand. And you want to take some notes on this because I said this is some of the stuff goes counter to what our culture says. So, on this outline, so point one on the outline is simply this: that Jesus came to give us new life so we can thrive. It was interesting looking up, you know, synonyms: prosper, bloom, flourish, flourish, and one of the uh, synonyms was in a, like, common slang was boom, okay, you know, can you imagine, so I should have done that, what's the name of your series, boom, okay, Uh, because it kind of gets the point across that it's like, wow, this is something wonderful that's happening here, when Jesus was describing why he came in John 10, 10, Uh, He said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's what it says in the New Living Translation. I gave you four translations here because each of the translations tried to get that concept of boom across in a wonderful way. Uh, John 10.10 in the NIV says, I've come they might have life and have it to the full. In the New King James Version, uh, they translate it this way, I've come they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And in the message, John 10.10 10 is translated, I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. If that's what you want this morning. Would you say amen? amen? Now think about this. Rich, full, satisfying, abundant life that is better than I've ever thought or dreamed of. Well, how do you get it? Well, here's what the shocker is in the note here. God doesn't define that kind of thriving the same way our culture does. He doesn't. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8-9, through nine, God is speaking here. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You're going to have to think completely different. You're going to have to think differently about everything. If you want to thrive, if you and I want to get past a life that is just hanging on by a thread, and instead we want to have a life where we say, man, my life is flourishing well, we're going to have to do things God's way. And it's completely different. You'll see that in this whole series. It's amazing what Jesus came to teach us. So that brings us to the next point here. Point two, we thrive, we flourish when we serve others. Our culture doesn't think that way. The culture didn't think that way in Jesus' time either. The disciples didn't think that way. In fact, what's so interesting is they had this exact conversation in Mark chapter 10, Jesus and his disciples were traveling along. Two of the disciples, James and John, came to Jesus privately, and they said, Master, we have a request of you. Will you give us whatever we ask of you? And he said, well, what are you asking? And they said, well, not that much. We just want to be able to sit on your right hand and your left hand uh, when, you're, when you bring your kingdom into this world. We just want to be prime minister and secretary of state in heaven. That's all. That's all. Just number one and number two in heaven. And Jesus said, that's not for me to give you those positions at all. And then uh, Mark goes on and says the other 10 disciples were indignant that James and John had asked this, probably because they hadn't thought of it yet themselves. Okay. But in Mark 10, Jesus saw this as a teachable moment. So he sat them all down and here's what he said. You know that the rulers of this world lord it over other people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus said, if you want to thrive, if you want to have a rich, full, satisfying, meaningful life, that it's abundant and beyond anything you could ask or think, you got to get rid of this notion that being the top dog, being number one, being the CEO is what it's all about. Because you have to understand that's not the point whatsoever. The point is to serve others. Now, this was revolutionary. It was revolutionary then, it's revolutionary now. And yet, you're going to see as we unpack what it means to serve others why it would uh, give us such a rich, full, abundant life. So, the first thing for today is we thrive when we serve others. So, point A, we thrive. When we serve others where we're gifted, we're going to look at five dimensions of what it means to serve others. The first one is, if you and I want to thrive, then we have to serve. But where do we serve? We serve where we're gifted. First Corinthians twelve seven, the Apostle Paul said, To each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Bible tells us that when the Holy Spirit enters our life, when we surrender our lives to Christ, He gives us the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. He opens our eyes to what the Word says. He gives us the desire to do his will and the power to get it done. He convicts us of sin. But the Holy Spirit also does something else amazing. He gives us gifts for ministry. When we're putting this church together, people say, won't you worry that you won't have enough people to do certain things in the church? I go, no, not really. I'm pretty convinced that, in fact, I'm definitely convinced from what the Scripture tells me, that God is going to bring people to our church and equip them to get the work done. The Holy Spirit will manifest himself in this way. And so when you assemble a church... There are people that are gifted by the Holy Spirit to teach. There are other people who are gifted to serve. There are people who are gifted in faith. There are people who are gifted in giving. There are people who are gifted in all sorts of spiritual gifts. And that's what uh, Paul's talking about here. Peter talked about this also in 1 Peter 4. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Well, then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. That's why when I begin my messages... You, you notice this. It's like, Lord, I want you to speak and move me out of the way. I believe that God will speak through me to you this morning through this message because we're reading his word and his Holy Spirit will energize the words that I'm saying and will speak to each one of us. And it's amazing to me how he does this, that I can say the same message to everyone, but different people will hear different things. Well, that's not me. That's the Holy Spirit. And God is speaking through. So he says, so if you have the gift of speaking, then do it as if God were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. And then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Boom. I mean, amen. That's what it says. Hey, he says, hey, you want to flourish? Then serve where you're gifted. The Holy Spirit will manifest himself in you. When you see our worship team appear, they are gifted. Many of them are gifted in that area. Well, they're all gifted in music, music, as being a musician or being a vocalist. And when you put this together, it's an amazing thing. How they can lead us in songs. We go, man, I, people tell me I just came in there. I was singing. It was just like I was transported. Felt like I was just singing with the angels. I was going, well, yeah, well, that's great. Because that is where people are using the gifts that God has given them for his glory. I mean, what if we all do that? What if we took this seriously and we said, hey, if you have um, the ability to serve, then do it with all the strength and energy God provides? I want you to see a person uh, in our midst who's doing that, who does that every Sunday here. I want you to meet Marty Chadwick, Tommy Green, one of our associate pastors here. He's in the back of the room. For those of you who are watching us at, uh, at our sites or online, normally we just have the camera facing this way. We're actually going to take a camera to the back of the room so you can see one of the folks who's a part of our tech team, Marty. And she's going to tell you how God uses her as part of this ministry. So, Tommy, uh, please take it away. Yeah, this is uh, Marty Chadwick. She has been serving on our
1: tech team for the last three years. And like John says, you don't just serve like one hour or one Sunday a month. She serves like almost every Sunday for all three services. And you told me one time it's because you get life out of it and everything else. Why did you do it
2: and how did you get involved?
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I got involved, like you said, about three years ago because uh, I wanted to um, to make a difference. Uh, this is what I do for a living every day, so I wanted to use it um, in the in the area of ministry to make a difference in people's lives. And um, uh, what I'd, li- I'd like to emphasize that serving is not about coming here and doing a task and going home. Uh, every serving opportunity makes makes an impact on somebody's life in, in some capacity, whether it's face-to-face through our greeters, greeting people when they come in the door, or if it's an indirect um, impact through the tech team um, uploading a today's message when somebody else across the country needed to hear that message today. Um, you know, everything everything has a purpose, and um, I'm also very humbled that the things we do right here go not just around here. They go across the country. They're seen around the world. I mean, every week, these these the things we do right here are seen around the world, and it's awesome to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this. How has serving in this capacity, how, what has it done for you? How has it changed you?
1: Well, it's uh, done several things in my life. Uh, one of the main things uh, that caught me quite by surprise was that this turned into a leadership position for me. And that's, a, that's been a big challenge. And uh, I uh, cannot do it on my own. I mean, I'm depending on the Lord every day that I'm here. To do this through me, and it's been it's been awesome. It's been a great growth opportunity. Uh, also, the relationships. I mean, our all these guys behind me, we're a family, and uh, we love each other, care about each other, pray for each other. Um, it's just been it's been fantastic. And I would say to anyone who's feeling that nudge to serve, just do it. I mean, the Lord will use you. He will minister through you, and He'll bless you in ways that you never saw coming. Yeah. Well, Marty, we appreciate what you do. We appreciate what the tech team does. Can we give them a round of applause?
0: Yeah, so if you are worshiping at one of our other locations, please applaud the sound people and the tech people there. At all of our locations, those are, they're important people to help sure, help make sure this message gets across. If you're watching online, uh, applaud yourself. Anyway, uh, no, but it's terribly important that we work together. And when if you have the gift of helping and serving in that way, then Peter says, do with all the strength God gives you. So we got to serve. If we're going to thrive, we've got to serve. We serve where we're gifted. Then point B, if you open your outline up, we thrive also when we serve where we're needed. Where we're gifted and then where we're needed. Now, I've got a connect group standing behind me, and I'll introduce them in just a second, but I want to read a couple of scriptures first. Titus 3.14 says, Our people must learn to do good by meeting the urgent needs of others, then they will not be unproductive. James 2 also says, Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say... Goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. Well, what good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. If I don't put my faith into practice, my faith looks like my patio, okay? Death row for plants. That's not what God wants for us. He wants us to flourish, And if I'm going to flourish, then I need to put my faith into practice. And that's the note here. Thriving Christians see what needs to be done, and they do what needs to be done. That's what thriving Christians do. They see what needs to be done, and they do what needs to be done. Could we read that note together, please? Thriving Christians see what needs to be done and do what needs to be done. Now, with that in mind, I want you to understand what... Uh, this connect group, why this connect group is up here with me. Uh, the Blanket Chips, uh, Chad and marsha have a connect group that meets on Sunday afternoons. And uh, Marcia, last Sunday you guys were meeting, but you did something special, right?
2: Um, we did. Um, as I was coming to church yesterday, or yesterday, last Sunday, I was shopping for a park, you know, a parking place. And um, I noticed there was a vehicle that was parked. They were taking up three parking places. And I thought, that was supposed to be one of my parts because it's kind of, it's close to the church, right? That's and, what Christians um, that's do. What we okay, yeah, exactly. And then God um, brought me down a notch or two, and um, I realized that their license plate was from Florida. And then I realized they had a U-Haul with them and that most likely everything that they owned or that was precious to them was in their vehicle. And so then I got to, you know, I parked, and I found um, that most of the, or I don't want to say most, but many, many of the vehicles that I saw in the parking lot had Florida license plates. And um, so we just, I just come on in, and I was listening to the sermon, and John um, brought up a point about a friend of his who was working in the zoo and saw an influx of families at the zoo and felt um, most of them were there to get their kids' minds off of, the the storm, and so I just thought, well, I wonder how many of all those people that I saw in the parking lot, you know, have children, and how many were impacted, and so um, when my family was leaving, we stopped at the hotel lobby, and I asked the receptionist, you know, how many um, people here have children, and she said, you know, of the 96 rooms that we have, all of which were occupied, um, over half of them have infants to elementary age kids here, just into a room. So, um, you know, I talked with our connect group. We meet on Sunday afternoons at 4.30, and I said, you know, we're going to meet. Why don't we just bring our meeting to the hotel and bring things for these kids to do and just visit with their parents and, you know, just a change of their pace. And so that's what we did, and it was fun.
0: That's awesome. And so, Jack, uh, you and your wife, you're part of this. Jack Clark, you, you're you one of the people who came up here last Sunday afternoon, right? Correct. And so what was that like?
3: Well, it was, it was awkward at first because there was nobody in the lobby. It was just us. And so um, Marshall went and told the hotel staff, asked, told them what we were doing there. And before we knew it, there were uh, families coming in, kids and, and families. And the kids had actually done a poster board that said, God loves you. And um, when they saw the toys, they started playing with the toys. And, and our children started interacting with their children. And we started interacting with the parents there was one lady who um, brought her. She was with her 12-year-old son and her mother and, and daughter. And um, he, was, he was autistic, and he had epilepsy. And uh, it took them three days to get here. This was the only hotel they could find. And as they were coming in the door, he had two seizures. But um, when he was down there, he found a toy to play with. He started playing. He looked at his mama, and he smiled. He said, i happy. And and you know the tears started flowing, of course. So... It, had Marsha not listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and and we had not done that, then these people would have missed a blessing uh, from God, and we would have missed uh, the blessing of, of seeing Him work through us. It was very humbling.
0: Mm. And Marsha, you were telling me that it wasn't just you. There were other people helping too, yeah, right?
2: I, I met this, this one lady who was telling me that um, she had been to Mass that morning, um, and then after talking to her, I realized it was the same church I had been to. Um, okay, so we're taking it up a yeah, notch yeah, for women, here. I thought, oh, right. the hotel has mass too. I didn't know that, but anyway, I, I put it all together. And anyway, she was telling me that the um, pastor had asked for um, the Florida refugees, or you know, who was ever connected to the storms, to stand and have prayer and to place hands. And she had never experienced that before, and she was crying as she was telling me. But then she said, I, I left the place just in tears, but she said, if that wasn't enough, and it may be you, someone in here today, but there was someone standing in front of her behind her. She said they were tall and they said, Could you please, you know, we'd like to take you to Panera Bread. And she said, I don't want to be displaced from my home, but this was a good place to be displaced. So um, that, that made me realize the intentions of people around us that are looking to serve.
0: Yeah, and the ripples on this just go out in every direction because it's not just even the people that serve that, that we serve that are impacted by this. It's we ourselves. I mean, y'all are brand new to this Connect group, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So it was our first day.
0: And, uh, <laughs> first time ever to come to this Connect. Last Sunday, yeah. Yeah,
2: last Sunday. And it's never a very comfortable experience showing up at somebody's house and you don't know anybody there. And so we, we go to the front door and uh, Marsha greets us and tells us what's going on. And it was great to be able to jump in and um, serve with them and really kind of feel the pulse of the group and see what they're all about.
0: Yeah, and so you spend three hours doing something together, and you bond with people in a surprisingly fast way, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. I mean, we've known these people for about a week, and we're already on a tech stream and making fun of each other and having (laughs) a good time, so...
0: Yeah, which is also what Christians do. Okay, yeah. So, hey, but I I just wanted you to know that everything we're talking here about, seeing a need, seeing what needs to be done and doing what needs to be done, these folks saw a need last week and they did something about it. Can we give them a round of applause for that? Yeah. Thank you all very much. Now, look, the reason I wanted you to applaud that is simply because what we celebrate, we get more of. And I hope we celebrate that a lot. Whenever you see somebody meeting a real need in a real way, it doesn't have to be fancy. There wasn't anything fancy about this. It was just seeing a need and doing something about it. That note, could we read that note again? that starts with thriving Christians. Would you read that out loud with me one more time? Thriving Christians see what needs to be done and do what needs to be done. Jesus demonstrated this the night before he was crucified. He never wanted his disciples to forget this. They sat down for the Last Supper. It was customary when the open-toed sandals, walking on dusty roads. The lowest servant in the household would go and wash the feet of the people as an act of hospitality. No one had done that. None of the disciples had offered to wash Jesus' feet. And so when they sat down, Jesus got up, put a towel around his waist, and began to wash their feet. Jumping into the story in John 13, After washing their feet, Jesus put his robe on again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Jesus didn't want his disciples just to serve each other. He wanted them to serve anyone who had a need. There was no job beneath them. I mean, what if we thought like that all the time? Well, then blessings would flow. We need to serve where we're gifted. That's when we thrive. We'll thrive when we serve where we're needed. And then, point C, we'll thrive when we serve where we are right now. Right now. There are needs all the way around us. I hope you understand. I mean, for those of you watching online, the conference center where we meet is attached to the hotel that we were talking about. It's just right down the hall, literally, when you walk out of this place. For God who said, here's Paul commenting on this, 2 Corinthians 4. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. You know, when I'm showing you this plant in this pot, the truth is that that's kind of a decorative planter. The plant is inside of a plastic little container. Uh, we got it at Lowe's. This little plastic container is worth pennies. It's not worth anything. What makes it beautiful is the plant that's inside it. And Paul says, think of yourself like this little plastic pot. What gives it great value is what's inside, what's flourishing inside. We're we're like this little container. And when God is at work in our hearts and his Holy Spirit is shining out in our lives, then everywhere he puts us, we can bloom and bring joy. If you think of it kind of like a bucket filled with the Holy Spirit, everywhere we go throughout the week, the Holy Spirit can splash out, can slosh over. And then through an act of kindness, people can be blessed. Through an act of encouragement, they can be encouraged. Through an act of forgiveness, they can experience grace. We're the containers. What's inside of us is what needs to get out. And what's so crazy about this, sometimes we think, well, we have to go someplace else, or this is only for professionals, or God can't use me. He certainly can't use me at my office, or he can't use me in my neighborhood. And we must never think that way. Listen to what Peter wrote about this. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, listen to this, they'll see your honorable behavior, in some translations, good deeds. And they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Our neighbors are watching us, and when we are kind, and when we are forgiving, and when we are helpful, the Holy Spirit splashes out into their lives, and we don't ever need to say, well, God can't use me where I am. In fact, I've shared this quote before, and I'll share it as many times as I can. On the back side of your outline, you'll see some quotations for the connect groups to discuss under point seven, and Oswald Chambers said this, never allow the thought, I'm of no use where I am, because you certainly can be of no use where you are not. Well, God can't use me in my neighborhood. Well, you don't live in any other neighborhoods. Well, God can't use me at my workplace. Well, he can't use you at a job that you don't have. Of course he can use you and me. If we're willing to keep our eyes on him and be filled with the spirit, then wherever we are, we can bloom and flourish and people can be blessed. This is why God wants us to focus on him. And when we do, and we serve others right where we are, we thrive. We don't have to go halfway around the world. We just have to be open to the guy in our office who needs somebody to talk to and buy him lunch. To the new family that moved in down the street and introduce ourselves. I mean, what if we're those people? If we see a need and do something about it, acting like Jesus, and that's when we thrive. Point D, we also thrive when we serve together. I hope you saw that with that connect group. When they serve together, this helps them thrive. The relationships grow. They get. We can get so much more done when we work together than if we work independently. Philippians 2, Paul again, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose don 't be selfish don 't try to impress others. be humble, think of others as better than yourselves don 't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that christ jesus did that 's why he washed the disciples feet. he wanted them to understand he came to serve, not to be served, and if we do it together, think of how much we can get done First Corinthians twelve again. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Some of us are the hands, and some are the feet. And when we organize and work together, oh my goodness, how much can we get done? Now, I'd like you to do one other thing. I'd like you to take the jacket off the bulletin you received when you came in this morning. If you're watching online, you can download this off our website. But if you open it up, you'll find a number of ways that we coordinate together if you're looking for a place to serve. On the middle section, on the middle panel at the very top, you'll see the tech ministry. This is where Marty is working. You saw her interview just a minute ago. If you love kids, we would love to have your help in children's ministry or in student ministry. Or on the other side over here, if you'd like to be a part of uh, something really kind of fun uh, at at all our sites, to have somebody who can help stuff the bulletins. Here in Prattville, we have a group of people that come in on Friday mornings and they stuff bulletins. They put all the outlines in there, all the handouts, and they stack it together. And I love going in there on Friday mornings because it is loud and it is fun. I mean, they have a great time. I just like hanging out. And then they tell me, get out of here. We're trying to get work done. You're interrupting. Okay, that type of thing. They're really getting a lot done, and they enjoy it. They thrive when they do this together. And today, we'd love for you to look over these things and say, hey, where could I help? Where could God use me? What would I? What do I think God would do? enjoy using me to do. We'd love for you to pray about this. There's even a little tab that you can tear off on the outside. You can check this out on your way out of the worship service. Or at all our worship services, you will be told where to drop this off. And it's really kind of fun to see how it all comes together. Like I said, where people are doing things they've never done before and they realize, oh man, I made a whole group of new friends. I got a whole new interest that I've never developed before. And I think God is doing some exciting things in my life. Finally, the last point, the fifth point is this. We thrive and we don't quit. We thrive and we don't quit. We thrive and we serve. We serve where we're gifted, where we're needed, where we are. And, man, we just got to keep going. Serving is long-term, and it's so easy to get discouraged. Galatians 6, 9, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, when we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Also, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Would you say that with me, please? Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. The story is told that um, Satan was having a garage sale one day. He was getting rid of a bunch of stuff to raise some extra cash. had some of his favorite tools up for sale, and they carried a hefty price. Greed, sloth, gluttony, had them all up there, lust. Hey, and if you paid the right price, he'd let you have the tool. But there was one tool hanging on his uh, shelf, in his, hanging from the pegboard in his garage. It was an odd-looking tool that said, not available at any price. And somebody went over and picked it up and said, what's this one? It's kind of an odd looking tool. He goes, oh, that's discouragement. That's my best tool. If I use this one, I can pry open almost everyone's heart and I can do whatever I want in them. I can sideline the most gifted Christian with this one. See, it doesn't matter what my gifts are if I quit. It doesn't matter how talented I am if I quit. It doesn't matter if I see a need, but if I say I'm not going to make any difference, the need will go unmet. My dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. God will have brought someone here, this service, right now, who needed to hear that message, because you're ready to quit. Not today. Not today. Not today. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Can we say that again together, please? Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I mean, as a parent, I remember teaching my kids manners, thinking they're never going to get this. And I can't tell you how proud it made me uh, a while back when somebody had met one of my sons somewhere, and he said, hey, John, I want to tell you, you really taught that kid good manners. He shook my hand, looked me in the eye, and he greeted me, and he goes, good job raising that boy. i went, well, thank you. And then I went and got in my car, and I went, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because <laughs> when they're in junior high, you're not thinking that's taken at all. I promise you. <laughs> what if we didn't give up? What if we serve where we're needed? What if we serve where we're gifted? What if we saw a need? something that needed to be done, and we just did something. The world would be a different place. God doesn't want us just to hang on until heaven one day, just hanging on by a thread. God wants us to thrive and to flourish and to have a rich, full, abundant life that only comes through serving others. Boom. would you pray with me, please? Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning and look at your word. I just pray that you remind us again that your definition of thriving and our culture's definition of thriving are 180 degrees opposite. So many times, Lord, we think, well, I have to be the big shot, the top dog, in order to mount to something. And you say, it's just the other way around. The kingdom of heaven, first will be last. And the greatest is the one who serves the most. And Lord, there are always opportunities for us to serve. Just open up our eyes. There are needs inside the church. There's needs outside the church. And we need to serve all the time. Serving just needs to be our lifestyle. And then we can flower and flourish everywhere. In a moment of silence, if God spoke to you about something this morning, if God spoke to you this morning through what was said, you say, Lord, I heard you. I heard you. Give me the strength to obey. Father, I especially want to pray for somebody who needs endurance not to give up. The sacrifices they've been making are not worthless. You brought them here this morning to hear that. We thank you for the opportunity to be here together. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we will be just flower jars filled with your Spirit, blooming for everybody to see. Help us bloom where we're planted right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen.